Wow, what a podcast today where we were really looking into what's happening in our schools. Um, we, we give you some more details on what was happening in Loudoun County, the update on that with the father who was just trying to protect his daughter from the scoundrels. That really, I think these people should be in jail in Loudoun County that were keeping information from the parents and making this father out to be a terrorist only to see the guy, the kid, apparently rape and abuse a second girl. We talk about that. Also, Dave Raboy, Sanjay Gupta on Joe Rogan, and so much more on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Make sure you go back and watch my Wednesday night special from last night. It was on a national divorce. Uh, and I hope I hope that doesn't happen. But I think it's a good case that we cannot go back to where we were um, because we disagree on too many fundamental things. And uh, the thing that you can do is strengthen your state, especially if you're in a red state. You've got to strengthen your state and red states need to start to stand together uh, and draw the line on the Constitution. There is an amazing story that's been going on in Wyoming. And, and I have family in Wyoming. When did Wyoming become a, a wuss of a state? When did Wyoming and Laramie, Wyoming, a, a town that is of 30,000 people, it's a college town, uh, when, when did they start handcuffing students because they wouldn't wear a mask? I believe that's new. I would uh, say, though, I don't know that we blame the entire state of Wyoming for this, right? This is... No, but... Because they don't have a mask mandate in the state of Wyoming. Not... Well, I was not just now. at a wedding last summer. They didn't have one. Uh, we just didn't care. Right. I mean, that's also what yeah. 90% of these mask mandates mean right. at this point is that people right. just don't pay attention to them. Um, but I mean, I don't know that... It, the state of Wyoming in its entirety, I don't know that it's it's to blame for this. But this this certainly this town and this or slash school district... I mean, this seems completely nuts. Okay, I want to introduce you to Grace Smith, and I believe her father is on the phone as well, Mr. Smith, who should go to Washington. Grace? (laughs) Grace, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you? Tell the audience audience what happened to you in in school. Yeah, uh, I've been protesting the mask since the beginning of the school year because our school district set up a mandate. Um, I was suspended three times with a two-day out-of-school suspension each. I was issued two $500 trespassing citations, so I now owe $1,000 in trespassing citations for not leaving after being suspended. And then I was arrested after the school was put on lockdown for an hour and a half um, after I was suspended because they refused to let me back into class. And the police came they actually handcuffed you. How long, yes. how, how long were you in jail? Did they um, actually book you? Well, no, the, well, they took me straight to the jail. Um, and I, did, I didn't ever went in a cell. I actually just sat in the lobby. And then they took my handcuffs off and took me into a back room that looked like an office. Um, I was in there for maybe 30 minutes. They just asked me 
simple paperwork questions like medical history, first middle, last name, things like that. Um, and then they released me right out the front door to my dad. Um, no bond, no bail. And I never went in a jail cell. Okay. Dad is on the phone. I'm sorry. I don't know your, your first name, Mr. Smith. Uh, Andy. Andy. Okay. Andy, first of all, good for you. Sounds like you really raised a, a good citizen here. Um, uh, what? Yeah, she's, uh, she's really amazing. So was this her idea? Yeah, so Grace came to us at the beginning of the year. She informed us that she did not want to wear a mask. And we, uh, her mother and I told her that that was fine, um, that we would support that decision. But if we looked into the legality of their policy and we found the policy to have legal standing, then she would have to make a decision to either wear the mask and uh, go to school or drop out and do homeschooling. Dang. And so what we, what we found was quite the contrary. We, we believe that uh, uh, the Wyoming State Constitution affords us the, the right as parents and legal guardians of grace to make her health care decisions. And uh, so we began challenging their authority. And, uh, and as a result, this is where we ended up. So grace ended up being targeted. I think we were just asking the right questions, I guess. So they kind of, uh, came after her first. Um, you know, so it's important for people to, to know that on the day of her arrest, uh, grace believes about at least a third, if not a half of the student body was not in masks. Holy cow. So, uh, what does that mean? Well, it means they, they lost control. So Grace, uh, her silent protest of not wearing a mask empowered other kids to make the same decision. And they had a lot of uh, empty threats. They were going to uh, do this, do that, start suspending kids. Um, but they, they hadn't actually started to act. And they waited until they got an official statement from the governor. Um, so Governor Gordon came out with a statement of support um, to the school boards and the superintendents and the counties that were making the mask policies. And uh, as soon as they had that letter of support, um, then they they began to act and started to uh, suspend a few children. So as far as we know, only four kids total had been suspended, um, even though countless kids have been not wearing masks. Um, and... Uh... And so they've they've slapped the town into submission. <laughs> yes, uh, it's pretty it's pretty wild. Um, you know, these parents are not given the choice, um, and they're using the uh, the guise of the COVID nineteen Delta variant situation um, and the quarantine recommendations from the CDC as their reasoning. So what's happening is kids are getting. Uh, contact traced in the classroom if if one kid pops positive and then they're sending you know hundreds of kids home at a time for 14 days at a time Good so heavens. we're back to we're back to quarantining the healthy so in the in flu of, uh, is more dangerous the flu is more dangerous to teenagers and kids than coronavirus Yes, that's correct. And I do want to, you know, be clear that we did not approach this from the coronavirus standpoint. We didn't argue the efficacy of the mask or anything like that. We went about this from a civil rights aspect. Good for you. And challenged their actual authority to the matter because uh, that's just what we felt was more important. Because we saw that no, there was, you're not going to win the argument on the, on the COVID stuff with these people. So, well, you would if you listen to science, but nobody's listening to science anymore. 
Um, so what is next, Grace? I mean, is this over? Do you um, do you do you think anyone's going to stand up? Is this just the beginning? What what what's next? Well, uh, last night at the board meeting, I withdrawed from the school, um, and so I'm going to start a homeschool program uh, because it's not necessarily safe for me to go back because we've had personal threats to our family and I've been bullied and uh, there was a shooting threat last Friday wait. Um, to the school. Wait, 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 so, wait hang um, on just a second. Yeah. Dad, how long have you lived in Wyoming? I was born in this town. What um, has happened yeah. to your town? Uh, it's it's really sad, and it's happening everywhere. Uh, and, it, and the simple answer is indoctrination. And uh, we live in a we live in a university town. It's a state university. It's the only one in Wyoming, um, and uh, it's one of only two counties in the state that's blue, um, and that's driven by the university. So it's just another example of how the universities are taken over gosh shut those places down they are just poison poison for our republic um all right so you had to withdraw uh and you did that you know not in person at the school board meeting right correct okay and what was the response uh well it was just during open comment so there wasn't a response but um I was the last to speak of 15 people, and I think that it, it was definitely a, a very impactful thing to end with the public comment with. Um, and I think that it hopefully put things in perspective for all the board members um, to see that they really messed up. Um, but since that, I'm going to uh, continue to fight this legally. Uh, we're filing lawsuits, and uh, we're... We're working on how to fight this legally, so uh, I'm going to devote most of my time to that from now on. Grace, I would love to invite you. There's, it's a, it's a tough, rigorous uh, process that people have to go to, go through to get to our, uh, our classes here uh, on leadership uh, that we do at the Mercury Studios and Mercury One um, American Journey Center. But uh, I'll put you at the front of the line if you would like to come down at. Uh, for one of these training sessions, you are a leader of the future, and we'd sure like to to help arm you with the truth um, about our history and everything else. So you're welcome at any time if you want to if you want to take me up on that. Um, I understand that you guys were. I mean, what do you do for a living? Uh, we own a, uh, a well. I mean, we're trying to keep keep the business separate. So okay, I okay. To, it's just. I mean, uh, uh, but. Uh, you, um, I understand that, uh, you know, you're going to have all kinds of costs uh, involved in uh, in legal funds, et cetera, et cetera. And um, uh, you tried to go to GoFundMe and GoFundMe shut you down. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I never did get a response from GoFundMe to know the official reason, um, but they they put a hold on all the, the funds, the ability to withdraw the money. And they did I've that saying that, that they, needed, they needed to get some clarification on what the money would be used for. Ah. And so, um, so I reached out to them and they would not respond. And then um, I got in touch with a couple people that 
have had experience in the matter and mm-hmm. basically informed me that they that this is kind of their precursor for their censorship. So they were most likely going to shut the uh, the fund down. So we we, we kind of got ahead of the curve there, opened up a um, an account with Give Send Go. Um, I've never heard of them. Uh, They're, it's a Christian group, right? Christian group. And, yeah. and I got to tell you, they've been incredible. We yeah. actually, um, they had a question about our account. And instead of shutting us down, they called. I got a phone call from yeah. the CEO. Who, <laughs> it's who crazy. Just, you got to ask for some clarification and yeah. got it back going and is offering his full support to what yeah. he's doing. So. It's crazy when sure. you just reach out to people. You don't have to shut them down. Uh, but we've seen that with GoFundMe. I, I, we'll start using Give, Send, Go as well. So you go to GiveSendGo.com, and what do you look for to be able to donate? Um, Grace, do you wanna, Grace, why don't you tell them? Yeah, uh, you look for Stand With Grace. Okay. And what is the money going to be used for? Um, it's going to be used for... Uh, not only our legal fees, but legal fees of any other kid in the state and possibly the nation that wants to continue to fight this legally. Um, and the more money we get, the more kids we can help. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Grace, um, good for you for leading your generation and standing up. You will be remembered. Um, Thank you. Uh, and you will be... When you're 90, you will be able to say, when the world went crazy, this is what me and my family did. And uh, I think that's fantastic. Thanks, Grace. Yeah, thank you. Let us know if we can help again. Stand with Grace, uh, and you can, uh, you can donate now at, I want to make sure I have this right. Is it Give, what was it, Stu? Uh, give, Send, Go? Yes, GiveSendGo.com. Slash stand number four, Grace. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to introduce you to somebody who is the president of Campus Renewal, a national nonprofit. Uh, he is a he's also the state chaplain for the Republican Party in Texas. He is on America's National Prayer Committee, the National Day of Prayer, the Executive Board of Intercessors for America, the Collegiate uh, Day of Prayer, and also on the Parents Advisory Board for King's College, New York City. Um, I met him in our hallway um, just a couple of days ago. He has been painted as a domestic terrorist because of what happened at a school board. Um, I want to bring him in now and he can tell the story. We have about nine minutes and I know this is a very complex story, Jeremy, but, um, you tell me where we, where we start. Yeah, we start with, uh, just this district hiring our current superintendent back in June, uh, violating the open meetings act. They, it appears to all of us through a variety of means, which we don't have in nine minutes to tell that they basically coordinated the hire behind the scenes without the full knowledge of the board or the public, only a subset of the board. Okay, and this and guy... I got involved. Th- this guy is, um, you say, you were just asking and others were asking just for a few more days to vet this guy because there were things that were... I mean, he arrested a grandmother, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in, his, in his earlier school board uh, uh, role in another yeah. district, correct? 
Yeah, in another district, there had been evidence surfaced and a video evidence that he had used a, not so much arrest, but he'd used a, a restraining order uh, uh, against her to keep her from being able to come onto campus to be able to speak at school board meetings. And he enforced it with the district police of Donna ISD. And so uh, we had seen there was potentially a history like that, and we wanted the board to further vet him. But instead of them further vetting him, five out of the seven, two did not. Two stood with the public, but five said, no, we don't even want to vet him. We're going to hire him right now. And then we watched him be pulled out of a back room in that same meeting they were supposedly voting on his hire and said, oh, he's with us. He's traveled for six hours to be here. And at that point, uh, I began to realize that they had coordinated this ahead of time. Uh, and that's why they were doing this. Uh, and, and we've seen further evidence since then that that seems to be the case. Um, and so because they had leveraged district resources and everything and already had him in the room uh, while they were literally debating about hiring him. OK, so this is a this is a school district that is outside of Austin. And uh, I mean, Texas is a firewall uh, state uh, and you have now been arrested um, and you're now called a terrorist. You were arrested at a school board meeting. And tell me the story here. What happened? Uh, I was arrested for basically speaking publicly during my pop comments period. <laughs> I was called up to the stand to, to sort of testify in front of the board by the board president. Before I got to the stand, she interrupted me and told me that I could not speak because she felt I was going to speak on something that was non-germane. But I had not said a word yet. But she already knew that she didn't want me to speak because I had written them letters uh, calling them out because I had found out that the superintendent had a protective order against him for assault and that there was allegations against him uh, that he had. And I'd looked at all the evidence and seen text messages and a variety of other things that he had, uh, according to these allegations, assaulted uh, in, in, uh, shortly after he was hired his girlfriend. Uh, it was his mistress as well. And that that. From that situation, the reason why he assaulted her was because he, uh, she had told him that he was pregnant, uh, that she was pregnant. He had asked her to get an abortion. She had said no repeatedly. So uh, she, he threatened uh, this woman uh, with violence and saying that he was going to come take care of the kid if she wouldn't, meaning he was willing to threaten his own child with violence. And then she went to the school board asking for help. Uh, because he had threatened to use a few of the school board members against her. He had said that some of them were in his back pocket, basically, and that they would support him. And so she decided she would try to appeal to the rest. And basically only two, the same two that had voted for further vetting, are the only ones that tried to help. The other five basically turned a blind eye wow. or discredited her. Um, and then a couple of them, uh, we know that, that at least one, uh, it looks like potentially others, it, the evidence seems to show to us and our opinion and what we can see and what the victim is alleging um, is that they then texted the superintendent and then, uh, you know, somehow communicated with him. And then he then went to her house and assaulted her and made good on his promise, uh, which is what resulted in the protective order that's still uh, been pending against him. And then her home was burglarized. Nothing was taken except her laptop and her personal diary, which is weird. Yes. And then what happened was I went to go to the board after trying to deal with it uh, via email and, and, and smaller means, just talking to the board and finding that five of them were keeping it off the agenda. They were, they were denying there was any issue, basically. They said it wasn't their responsibility to take care of, um, all these sorts of things. So I went to the board meeting to try to talk about it. And when I began to speak, the board president cut me off and told me not to, uh, told me that basically she didn't think I could. I said, I'll show you how it's germane to the topic. Here, let, me play the, let, me, said, let me play the audio. Here you are, here. 
Our next speaker then is Jeremy Story. Mr. Story, you did write that you felt like you could speak about something other than D1 or D2. I would like to remind you, this is a special called meeting. Uh, yes, ma'am. It is not a regular board meeting. We are only taking comments on these two items. And I will show you how what I'm about to comment on is related to that. Mr. Story, are you able to and to demonstrate willing? that? Yes, I will. If you'll no, I, I do not want you to demonstrate. So you're not willing for me to demonstrate, Mrs. Weir? I, I'm asking. I can show you how your resolution that you're debating today has absolute germanity to what I'm going to speak on. Are you saying you don't want to hear me? The resolution. Are you saying you don't want to hear me? No, sir. I'm absolutely okay, willing good, to hear you on D1 and D2. Today I speak on the rule of law. I don't envy your choice today. I trust that most people value each other even though they are on different sides of the issue. I also understand the seriousness of the COVID epidemic. I understand the rule of law. Yet several members of this board and superintendent have an utter, okay. utter disregard. So now they drag you out. Um, and do you, are you charged with anything here? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I begin speaking. She lets me speak for about a minute. And then I get to the point, I utter the words, I think, protective order. And she just cuts me off. She, I mean, this, unless she's clairvoyant, I don't know how she even knew. Obviously, she had premeditated this. Uh, she then waved her hand, the superintendent, and, and said, banged her gavel, yelled, said, hey, uh, told the police to come get me. The superintendent nodded his head. And then two police officers who are district police officers, not city police officers, they're basically ultimately report to the superintendent, grabbed me by each arm, dragged me out of the room, dragged me down the hallway, dragged me across the cafeteria, and pushed me out the front door. They did not arrest me at that time. 30 days later or so, all of a sudden they show up at my house. Uh, after getting a warrant that same day, 30 days later. Why? Uh, why so did that later, happen? get a warrant around... Why, um, why the 30-day delay? I, uh, I believe that they were targeting me. They also simultaneously went to another gentleman's house. His name is Dustin Clark. He is a, a veteran. He's an Army captain, a great guy. He's a businessman. And they had uh, arrested him at the same exact time in sort of a clandestine operation where they were at his house and my house at the same time arresting us. Uh, they had gotten a warrant that very day. Uh, they had then been able to mobilize all these people within a matter of hours and showed up at our houses. And what were you charged with? Nothing. What were you charged with? I was charged with disorderly conduct with intent to disrupt a meeting. Okay, and is uh, this and the thing that happened doing, in September? That's correct. Okay, because... I was, I was basically speaking during the public comments period. All right, so there was public right. comments. This is a later uh, event. Uh, 375-person uh, lecture hall. Um, they right. took the seats out. There were only 18 seats. Uh, uh, parents who brought their own chairs were threatened. 50 students across the hall were not required to space. Uh, and the policy isn't enforced anywhere else in the district. So you and other parents were kept out of the school board. We have video of this. If you will explain to us what is, what is happening, what did they do? Yeah, sure. 30, about 30 days later, they have another board meeting, except this time they had stationed police officers outside the front doors of the board meeting and were telling parents that unless she could fit in one of those 18 chairs, they had taken all the chairs out of a 375-person auditorium, except for about 18, and said unless she could sit in one of those, that you were not allowed to be in the room. Even other parents had brought their own chairs and were di trying to obey the distancing rule, which was easy to do in such a large room. And they were saying things like the board president was saying things like, well, if you're not in one of these government approved chairs, basically, you can't be in here and we'll kick you out. And they had put police officers at the front doors, preventing people from walking in to that second meeting that was a month later. And then we, we were arrested even a few days after that. I was particularly arrested a day after I filed a, uh, the, the, a day after the district received my legal gr grievance. 
the next day, uh, they, they came and arrested us, and they put us in jail overnight. They arrested us at about 5 o'clock with intent, I believe, and, and Dustin believes as well, and so do many, many other people, including our lawyer, to hold us overnight because there was no magistrate there, and that way they could hold us overnight. The community rallied uh, and has worked to raise money, and overnight they basically held a vigil outside the uh, jail cell demanding that we would be released. Uh, so that we could get a magistrate there. But basically they coordinated, the school district coordinated with the sheriff, who then the sheriff made a special exception for Dustin and I that was against their normal booking policy because they weren't taking people of our level of offense. They were only taking violent criminals and drunk drivers and things like that. And uh, they made a special exception for us to not only get a warrant, not only run within hours to get to both of our houses, but then made a special booking exception to be able to put us in jail that night. They were turning people away for similar level offenses the same night. We were treated very specially in a not-so-special good way because we were being targeted for speaking out about malfeasance of our school board, illegal malfeasance, where, where our, our um, superintendent has a protective order against him. He has, he has, he has, he's accused of uh, committing assault. Some of our board members seem to have been at least involved in informing him about before the victim became a victim, right, when she was trying to go for them for help. And uh, it also seems to us that several of them were coordinating his hire privately behind the scenes before he was even hired. And so these are the sorts of things we were saying. And I was not being violent. I was not. No, I see. In the, in the video, it shows you trying to get past the police. And I know in the audio, you say, what law am I violating? Why won't you let me pass? And they won't answer you. Um, and what right. they were doing was passing... Uh, a tax increase uh, without the public being allowed to be in. Is that correct? Right. It's our belief that they were, uh, you know, doing all of this in order to minimize public input because they all have done some, some wrong things. And they, I don't think they wanted to be exposed. And we believe they were doing it to minimize public input. Uh, while two board members also felt the same way, the same two, Daniel Bone and Mary Weston, who had voted a for further vetting and had been trying to get this on the agenda to speak about what the superintendent was uh, at least alleged to have done and very credible evidence, uh, those same two decided in that board meeting you're describing um, to walk out because they felt that this was a violation of the Texas Open Meetings Act and they didn't want to, you know, have to deal with going to jail or anything over. They didn't want to violate the law, so they left in the middle of that school board meeting. So if you picture this school board meeting is now 30 days later from the original incident, they're, they've got police officers holding people outside the doors. They have two board members that leave in the middle because they say, we're not going to have any part of this. And then shortly right after that, they then vote uh, to pass the tax increase, and they don't have enough votes, but it, they pass it anyway. They're supposed to have 60%. They didn't have 60% of the vote. Uh, of the total board, and they passed a tax increase. Why? Because 3,000 students have fled our district in the last month and has put the district in a $30 million sudden hold. It's a surprise. Wow. So then they, in the midst of all of that, pass a tax increase, and that's when Dustin, my friend, participating in the meeting, says, you can't pass a tax increase. That's not legal in the way you did it. And they called, had, you know, the same thing, called the police and uh, with a wave of their hand, and then the police grabbed him and dragged him out the back door. This is a gentleman who has fought for our country. So as they are dragging him out the back door, not before, he says, you guys are communists. And that's all you see on the videos, you know, on the news is that he said that. But you don't mm. see anything about, and the board doesn't talk anything about, the tax increase. One other thing on that, Glenn, it gets crazier. They then release a press release after all this. Uh, some of the board members of the district, 
They released a press release that says, we couldn't do business because of the disruption. <laughs> so we had to adjourn the meeting, right? But they, right. Uh, they did business. They, they passed the tax increase. Right. And then right after they passed the tax increase, they adjourned the meeting. All right. Um, partially uh, the reason I believe is because I'd called the nine one one. I'd called nine one one, and the police were coming. If you want to uh, follow uh, Jeremy's uh, story, Jeremy W story, you can find him on uh, Twitter. Jeremy W story. Uh, we'll continue to follow this story. Um, this is really important. Most people have. I mean, have you ever heard of Round Rock, Texas? Right. If it's happening there, it's very likely it's happening elsewhere. I've got ten seconds, Jeremy. Go ahead. Okay. We need to raise money for our legal defense and, and to make sure that this does not happen on other school boards across the country, like we're seeing with the national stuff with Biden and the AG. So how can so people help you? Send your listeners to rise, riseforstudents.org, riseforstudents.org, and that will take you straight to a page where you can donate to our legal fund, which we'll use 100% to make sure that this stops in this district and that we can set a precedent for it not to ever happen again uh, in other districts where police force is used against citizens just simply trying to speak out. Again, uh, thank you very much, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Um, uh, We will follow uh, this story. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Boy is with us. He is a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute. He was with me last night on a uh, on an hour long program I did on Blaze TV. Is it time for a national divorce? Um, I think David would agree. This is not in our best interest. This is not what we would uh, hope for our nation. We would want for our nation. But you made a great case yesterday, David, that um, it's coming one way or another. It's the the time to face reality that we live in a different kind of nation is right now. Yeah, I uh, I, I I very much agree. Um, when I when I talk about national divorce and and I've written a piece um, about it, a couple things at uh, my Substack at Late Republic Nonsense. Um, I'm using it as a kind of a rhetorical device. I'm not saying, hey, let's do this tomorrow because right. this is great. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's it's a rhetorical device. It gets us to think and talk about things that, um, you know, that we're not really apt to talk about unless we understand the stakes. And uh, so tell know. me this. Tell me the stakes. What what is what is what's happening? Where are we headed? So, I mean, I think where we're headed is a kind of dystopia. You know, it's a, it's a kind of centrally managed dystopia of, you know, of a variety of different flavors. So you've got the, the great reset flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the, um, the critical race theory flavor. Um, and you have all these different uh, types of inputs, but what do they all have in common? What they all have in common is they oppose the founding. Mm-hmm. Um, they oppose key bedrock principles like bill of rights bill of rights and 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 equal justice under the law mm-hmm. and you know frankly you know the reality of biology and 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 all these things right um our ability to express ourselves uh you know uh, outside the frame of you know what they tell us we can say right freely and openly right which is like frankly it's kind of what you and i grew up with mm-hmm 
it's not a radical departure. You know, the left tries to make it as if it's this scary, terrible thing that we want. We're like, no, I, th- you know, I'm pretty cool with the 80s. I'm pretty cool with the 90s, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, to be to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, once 9-11 started, we have a whole different, um, you know, a whole different all rolling down yeah. in a whole different country. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I, I have been shocked at how many people you 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 just Google national divorce uh, or anything like that. And people on both sides. I mean, I, I gave the stats last night. I think it's 45 percent of the people who voted for Biden want a national divorce and 55 percent that voted for Trump want a national divorce. And it's because there's no way back to each other. If if I believe in the Bill of Rights, then I I can't go with you if, you know, you want to shut down anybody who thinks differently than you. Right. Um, years ago, I read Alan Bloom's Closing of the American Mind, which is a book that changed my life. And in it, one of the great points he makes is that the things that we perceive in this culture to be what makes us different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, food and how people dress and the things they read and the music they listen to, all this is nonsense. And it's all surface, you know, doesn't matter in the end. It doesn't matter in the end. Yeah. The important things are the things that we're talking about, the things, um, upon which we really, you know, vehemently disagree. So, um, and I mean, these are the important, these were the important things for, Socrates. These were the important things for, you know, um, for, for Machiavelli and Rousseau and, and, and Hobbes. And these are the things that, that political philosophers, you know, um, since the beginning have been wrestling with. Right. So they're not inconsequential. It's not, uh, it's, it's a really big deal. So you were saying last night that one of the things that we we have to do is we have to start waking up to a um, a, a two rail society uh, that there are those who are going to go this way and then those that want to go the other way. But that is a monstrous task to mm-hmm. accomplish quickly. I mean, because you need pretty much everything. I mean, Texas is the only one that has its. It's it's power, power grid and it is disconnected from the rest of the country. Texas is the only one that has all of their gold in place. Um, but you need new banking systems because, you know, I say this and I'm, I'm not sure people really understand. It's going to be harder and harder for you to get a loan. Can you explain that? Do you agree with it? Um, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not an expert in in okay. uh, in, in the loan industry. This right, but yeah. I mean, you know that because of esg and some of these other things like there's a story today that um the um the green energy companies can't get a loan right they can't get financing no one will give them financing so if you are one of these companies or people that are on the out right they're going to crush you they'll crush you yeah they will crush you i i call it an intellectual uh, or an ideological cartel so if the state, you know, the state really doesn't have to do anything. Right. But the, you know, private companies, w- w- uh, which comprise an ideological cartel, they all think the same way. Right. They all, you know, they all, are all rent-seeking, incurring favor from the government, mm-hmm. though it's kind of one step removed. 
mm-hmm. you know, they'll just be the enforcers. I mean, we saw this with Parler. We're which seeing was with the, the best vac- example. We're seeing with the vaccine, with the vaccine mandate. mandates, right? There, with Southwest, right? There's no, there's no mandate. It's not written. It's, it's not done. And yet they're all doing it. Right. They're leaping to do it. Yes. They cannot wait to do it because, you know, a combination of they believe in it and they're tr- trying to uh, curry favor with the government. So what should people be doing right now? How should we be thinking? I would say that everybody who runs a business in America, small or large, you could have a pizza shop or uh, a bakery or, you know, I mean, something, or you could have a multi-billion dollar corporation. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to put it in service of, um, of let's say, Red America. Figure out how to say, I'm going to create a product that appeals to um, a certain segment and do it explicitly. The left does this explicitly. They tell you when you buy sneakers, when you buy any other products, they buy, they, what they're, the subliminal message with Colin Kaepernick that their mm-hmm. Nike is sending is, these shoes are not for you, Red, you know, Red America. Right. So we do the same. We need to, we need to. Doesn't that widen the divide? I I don't think so. I I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think really anything that we do necessarily can widen like that, that uh, can widen the divide. Because what we need at the end of the day is self-sufficiency. We need to be able to say, okay, um, you know, okay, uh, uh, health insurance company that, um, you know, won't cover, um, you know, basic whatever your transplant. Because you right, haven't won't been... cover your transplant, but will will you know cover any type of trans abortion, yeah, or abortion or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's start a company that you know that um, is is more reasonable to or amenable to uh, Red America. So I don't know why this doesn't happen um, more often because um, we've obviously shown that you can get. You can get out of that and you can start your own thing. And if you are appealing to, you know, I'd love to have everybody listen, but we're clearly for these principles and you can make money there. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of people that are craving product. The problem is, is that, for instance, banking, I mean, the federal regulation of banking is crazy for us. The Internet, social media you're going up against Google to make anything that is is separate apart and good is years in development. Yeah, it's years. It's going to be very difficult, but this is why we need um, really good red state governors um, that uh, that that can help out with this. And we need more people who are you know living in New York and New Jersey and California who are, um, you know, who are conservative to move to Texas, bring their companies and set things up more money, more, um, you know, more entrepreneurship, more, uh, you know, entrepreneurship in the service of these principles. I mean, let's get real for, for, for decades. We thought, you know what, we're, we're, you know, um, we're all, the board of directors is all personally conservative, but we're operating as if we're agnostic to what's happening in America. Right. That can't fly anymore. And, um, you know, and, and I think people are starting very slowly to wake up to that fact. I just heard from a friend this morning who said he is seeing so many people who are conservative walking away and just going, it's time for me to take care of my family uh, and just buckle up for what's coming. And I just don't think 
there's a win in the end for you and your family. If you, I mean, because if you're so atomized, yeah, if you're, if you're all by yourself um, and you think you're just going to be able to be quiet and survive, remember the great resets plan is that you will own nothing by 2030. That's quite an amazing statement to make. I mean, think of how, how do you get a country that is so focused on ownership of things to have the population own nothing in eight years? You're, you're not going to be left alone. You're not going right. to. There's no place to hide here. And the, the, the idea that we strengthen and we gather together in these red states and we hold our politicians locally and at the state level responsible we hold their feet to the fire i mean i was just we just had a girl on that was arrested at a high school uh in in laramie wyoming for not wearing a mask laramie wyoming when you have that happening in a in a just an absolute red state like wyoming you got problems it means the people are sleeping on the job it means the people in wyoming said you know what Things are pretty cool. We don't have to watch the school board. Mm-hmm. We don't have to keep our eyes on, on, on these things. And they're going to start having to do so. You know, I mean, the other thing, we've been through, what, 20 years now of or at least 10 of this concept of digital networks connecting people. Mm-hmm. I think phase two of where we have to go is to create local communities where we know one another. We live proximate to one another. We have... You know, we see each other often and we have real communities again. Dave Raboy, he is, uh, you can find him at DaveRaboy.substack.com. Um, he writes for American Greatness and uh, he's part of the uh, Claremont Institute. Um, let's talk a little bit about moving if you're in a blue state. Because um, I, I, I think that if you are, if you are the, uh, the kangaroo in the the dog kennel you are in deep trouble it's not fun yeah and it's not only not fun but i you you know you have to go to where you are going to be around like-minded people who will stand otherwise you're alone yeah i have multiple friends who lived or live in blue cities large blue cities who are you know of the activist type Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may know them and they've been harassed at home. Letters and, and you know, signs posted right. around their house. Right. I mean, this is not, and you know, we're not talking about, you know, multi-billion dollar or, you know, multi-millionaire, um, uh, you know, media moguls, f- moguls who mm-hmm. can afford security and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. Right. I mean, these are just people. And um, so w- we see that things could go terribly wrong very quickly. Well, I mean, I hate to be, you know, uh, alarmist here, but, you know, some of these people actually do talk about purges and some of their ideology goes right to a purge. Uh, And you don't want to be around that. You don't want to be around that. No. But on the bright side, we can help each other. I mean, I I have a home in a a town of about 500 people. Mm. We know everybody. Uh, everybody knows us. We are all kind of relatively like-minded. 
Um, they're already talking about, you know, if more people come to our area, how can we help them? You know, we, they kind of look out for each other. That's really critical mm-hmm. in the world that's coming. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think we shouldn't forget about cities, though, as well. I mean, cities in red states used to be quite conservative Yeah, at one time. I mean, we had that. This is, you know, um, insane progressive leftist uh, blue cities are not, I mean, that's, that's not necessarily been the norm in American history. Where do you find one now? Well, you, you have to build one. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, cause they're right. gone. They're not, you have to, you have to go, you have to, um, you have to, you, you know, you have to build one. I'm not saying from scratch, but from, uh, from smaller places and make sure that you have these, these, uh, these things in mind. Um, make sure that, you know, it's explicit, you know, you're, you're, you're creating a community. And if somebody is, you know, from the left who wants to live there, you know, peacefully fine, but they're not going to want to. Right. You, you just, know? it makes it about, I mean, everybody has a flag in their front yard. They're not going to want to, you don't have to say anything. Right. I mean, know? you know, when my, my buddy just bought a house, he was like, oh my God, there are no BLM signs anywhere. This is my neighborhood. Isn't that crazy? And these are the, these are the, um, you know, these are the, the, uh, like the, 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 the signs. These are the, you know, this is the symbology. Right. right. Um, of, of our time. And, and all of these things point to the same thing at the end of the day. There's a couple of stories that I want you to read from Dave. Uh, one is national divorce is expensive, but it is worth every penny. Uh, and uh, stop yelling. Stop. You can find them at uh, Dave That's R E A B O I.com. Keep writing. Keep speaking out, my friend. Thank you. You're an important voice. I appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Na, 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 na.